Welcome to Stutcast. It is Sunday, the 31st of January. It's the Sunday Stutcast. It is 11.39 in the morning, and Rooney and I are sallying forth. Thank you for tuning in, and let's have some fun today. All right, off we go. Rooney is ahead of me. He is eager to go because it's late for his uh, morning walk. But, uh, well, it's Sunday, you know, so things slow down a little bit on Sunday. I didn't feel like going out the crack of dawn. Uh, nor did he, to be honest. He was just, uh, I was, Five minutes ago, I was just reading a little bit, lying on my bed, reading my Sunday stuff, which comprises mainly of uh, catching up on The Economist and uh, actually reading Betty Blake's memoir, which is good stuff. But, uh, But then he looked up at me from his prone position. He just lifted his head, gave me a look as if to say, Dad, it's getting late about time we went for a walk so i got the message and here we are out in the crisp sunday morning air it's still cold and uh but no wind but very wintry there's that kind of heatless haze of a sun up in the sky it it, it's a precursor to we know what's coming. My smart speaker has uh, given me my notification that there's a storm coming. As of, I think it's uh, midnight tonight, or first thing tomorrow morning, and I think it's gonna last 24 hours. It's gonna be a nor'easter, as they call it, over here, which basically means that cold weather's coming in, oh God, from the northeast. And it's going to slam us with, what they say, five to nine inches of snow, which is a lot, quite a lot. Sometimes they get it wrong, but I got a feeling they got it right this time. So I'll be able to tell you tomorrow. Most of the snow actually has has disappeared and it's cold, but there's not much on the ground. Just a thin sort of uh, dusting, really, of what's left. Looking over the uh, countryside, I see nothing at all. Really, hardly anything. I mean, no birds. There were some birds cheeping. You probably heard them as I did the intro. But nothing much else. Rooney, come on. He's found something that he's chewing, as usual. Rooney, well, just by the car park of the uh, senior centre and the, the preschool, I think what happens is people just discard their uh, bits of food beside the car park, which Rooney then finds and chews. I don't want to think about what he's actually picked off the ground and how how long it's been there. But anyway, dogs seem to have a sturdy, you know, stomach, so we won't worry too much about that. 
Don't you runes? <laughs> he just gave me a look as if to say, what? <laughs> so yeah, you know that sort of sun that uh, it's up there shining, but it's doing nothing except light, no warmth. It's cold, 30 degrees, which is uh, zero in, in centigrade. I'll stop doing my groaning. I heard it on yesterday's podcast. I did about every 10 steps. Sorry about that. If that's bothering you, I will try to cut it out. Professionalise this Stutzcast. So yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah, back to my previous spirits now. Got over the, uh, the slight rut that I felt myself in yesterday. Can't, can't stay in those sorts of things for too long. Very unhealthy. So let's cheer up and let's uh, let's get out on this walk and keep the pace going. Um, so if you listen to uh, yesterday's episode, you'll know that I was planning the menu for our dinner party last night. Covid dinner party, I know, shouldn't be doing that kind of thing, but safe distance and uh, responsible adults all uh, misbehaving responsibly. <laughs> we weren't misbehaving. But uh, so it, it, it went well, but I, I, I realized I'd given myself quite a handful. Because if you remember from uh, yesterday's discussion, starter was mussels, moule marinier. Main course was uh, Ken Hom's lemon chicken. And then I added a noodle dish and a wilted lettuce and uh, uh, oyster sauce uh, dish. Uh, and, and that's where I overcomplicated it with the noodles and the lettuce and oyster sauce. Would have been simpler if I'd just done the chicken, but then I realised you can't just serve chicken. You've got to put something with it and everybody likes noodles. And as we had uh, George and Oliver, uh, the kids there too, I thought better do something like that because you know kids like noodles and chicken type thing everybody likes noodles and chicken anyway what happened was they arrived five five o'clock was kickoff time and uh yeah Jeremy and Catherine arrived first the Tates and uh they brought with them very generously they brought with them a delicious chocolate cheesecake which I'm quite glad about because I mentioned yesterday that I'd bought a chocolate cake myself to have with a mint chocolate chip ice cream for dessert. But uh, when I actually inspected the cho chocolate cake box, uh, you know, before dinner, I noticed it said vegan chocolate cake. Didn't see that when I bought it. <laughs> was, I, mean, I don't really know what difference that makes, except presumably it has no egg and no dairy products in it. But that's kind of, uh, the, those are the essential ingredients of a cake, aren't they? I'm not really qualified to talk to this issue, so I'll shut up, because my son Tommy is a vegan. <laughs> He'll be getting very annoyed with me right now. But uh, I did actually take a photograph of the box, sent it to Tommy this morning to say, I've bought a vegan cake if you'd like to come over. Fat chance. Usually takes him about a week to respond to any text that I send him. But 
uh, so uh, what happened? Well, uh, so the Tates, Jeremy and Catherine arrived first. Also, uh, bearing a beautiful bunch of pink roses. Um, I always think that's super generous of people. I think it's better when people bring things like that and uh, courses. Except, well, actually, the cake was well well received because I didn't really have much in the way of dessert. Um, and then the courtesies arrived not long afterwards, 20, 15, 20 minutes afterwards. And uh, Ruth, we're walking off the wrong way. Come on, Ruth, we're going up here. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, Jeremy's on a dry January, so his tongue was hanging out. He saw me pouring myself a glass of wine, but uh, I tried not to rub it in. I tell you, it takes some determination to keep drinking through this dry January period when everybody else is not. <laughs> you really do feel like the odd one out. But I was quite relieved when uh, John Curtis arrived and I said, John, are you drinking? He said, yes, of course. <sighs> A fellow. I, fe I felt some sort of sense of solidarity there. Anyway, as you'll probably have gathered from these, from these Stutz casts, I like to get into sometimes get into a bit of a story and I was talking to Jeremy and John at one side of the kitchen counter whilst Christina and Catherine and Claire were talking at the other. It seems to be the way things are done in America. Sometimes the men and the women sort of peel off into their own conversations. So I was talking, I was telling them actually about, I've I've, actually it's in one of the episodes of the Stutzcasts. I talk about how I accidentally placed a bet on Burnley to, well, to, to, to win against Liverpool. Last was it last week? Yeah. To my horror, they actually did win. Ended up costing me dearly. That's another story. But I was telling them that, and uh, I thought, well, you know, multitask. You got to you got to cook the dinner, John, and entertain. So I was trying to do that. I put I put I put the heat on underneath the butter to uh, you know for the moule marinier. So it's uh, you know cook the onions and garlic first. Of course, I got engrossed in the tail, forgot all about the butter heating behind me, and uh, got to the end of the tail, turned around, and I saw a plume of blue smoke, you know, billowing out of the uh, the, the pan. <laughs> Heart jumped into my mouth like an idiot. Christina turned around and said, um, "Would you like me to open the door, let some of the smoke out?" Oh, this is going badly. I could see the faces of everybody thinking, oh geez, <laughs> we've got a clown cooking us dinner tonight. So I thought, you better, you better pull yourself together, John. Make, make this a success. So I thought, right, okay, no more chatting. Focus on the food. I had to throw that butter away because it had gone black. Clean the pan, start again. Luckily, yeah, none of the other ingredients were damaged and butter's replaceable. So not too bad. So I concentrated and, uh, you know, had to turn my back to everybody, which I felt a little bit guilty about, but what can you do? And I realized, you know, that perhaps I'd made a little mistake. Even though that mussels and, and the lemon chicken is easy to make, you've actually got to make it there and then. You, you, you can't like cottage pie, just prepare it all in advance, put it in the oven and produce it, slam it on the table and say, voila. You've got to, 
you can actually cook it you know in front of people real performance it's, it's you know pressure so I, I uh, concentrated and uh, you know I, I got the uh, muscles about right actually and luckily these were good muscles because sometimes you get them in the nothing in the shell you know but these are good chunky muscles inside the shell nice pinky orangey color yeah, that's, that's the way they should be and sauce got it got it about right got some crusty french bread put it on the center of the table <laughs> i did the old first of all we're taking you to france and then we're going to take you to china and i looked across at catherine's face <laughs> she was staring in horror at the muscles and I thought oh god and I had written to Christina in advance to say is there anything Catherine doesn't eat because I suspected I, I thought she had like a vegetarian or vegan sort of preference but she said no but anyway she was sitting right next to me and she was staring at one of the you know the interior of one of the muscles it was open and she was looking at the little kind of yeah because they're, they're two colors aren't they muscles they're orange and black she's looking at the black saying is that should that yes it's supposed to be like don't worry and uh, then I could see she was uncomfortable so I said Catherine don't worry we've got another course coming just have some bread dip it in the sauce it's tasty don't, don't worry about eating the mussels if you don't like them no no problem at all and of course she then felt that you kind of some sort of obligation to try it <laughs> she really didn't need to with me but anyway so she, she sort of picked one up like it was, you know, a, a, a COVID virus or something. <laughs> Put it in her mouth. And I, I, I know that feeling if, you're, if it's something you really don't want to eat and you feel compelled. Poor thing, she, she did eat it. <clears throat> Just the one. Swallowed it. I was half expecting to see it come back up again, but it didn't. And Jeremy, her husband, <laughs> turned to her on the quiet and said to her, well done for trying, darling. Anyway, that was the only one she ate. Then at the other end of the table, oh, Curtis, who I, I must admit, I had him earmarked for a, for a mool fan, but he's not. He said, I'm not, he's much more direct. I'm not having any mools, he said. Not having any of that stuff. <laughs> Refreshing, honesty. So uh, that really just left myself, Jeremy, Christina and Claire. Now we all like moles, so that was great. And to my great satisfaction, the boys. I, I knew George, I had heard that George liked moles. So I kind of did this thing about, George, I've made these specially for you. <laughs> and a big grin on his face. He's, he is a, a lovely boy. And uh, Oliver, you know, he, he's, he's got the heart of a lion. <laughs> you know, so of course, he was going to have some. He was a little bit more, more kind of reticent than George, but nah, he, he ate them. So I think, well, relative success. You know, most of the people enjoyed this. Should have thought more carefully because shellfish is not for everybody. But you know. Then, uh, because I had to hurry mine and get back to the cook, cooking of the chicken, which. Uh, I realise I'm telling you nothing about the wildlife, so excuse that, but there really isn't much to talk about at the moment. It's, it's quiet and dead, and uh, I haven't seen anything. I, I, I'll tell you if I see anything. So, 
Now Ken Hom, his recipes are always for sort of two to four people, you know. So you have to double up on the ingredients as we had six adults and a couple of kids. I more than doubled up on the ingredients. <clears throat> and then I realised when I was cooking the chicken in the, in the well, I've, it's not actually a wok, it's a good solid iron griddle. It's not that big, I mean it's a decent size, but then I realised, oh God, this is taking a long time to cook chicken. It's just strips of chicken. You know, you soak it in egg white and uh, corn flour in advance. Um, but yeah, it, it took me quite a while. And because there's so much in the pan, some of the sort of chicken strips are disintegrating slightly. But, uh, anyway, somebody coming, so I'm keeping my voice down a bit. Oh no, she's turning off to go down the steps, that's good. I still don't feel comfortable with walking along talking to myself. Even though I'm <laughs> recording a Stutz cast, you know, nobody else is going to understand that, including myself. I did uh, tell Maya this morning over breakfast that I felt a little self-conscious when I was talking to the microphone yesterday. And, uh, and I said to her, you know, people might be thinking I'm talking to myself. And then I said to her, actually, I, I was talking to myself because there's nobody listening to these podcasts. <laughs> she said, Dad, you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to the void. So that made me feel better. Actually, Runes, Runes, we're going we're gonna to head off here. Runes, Runesy, come on. So, uh, yeah, the chicken dish... Um, it did take me a while to cook it, and of course you, you are cooking live, it's like a cooking demonstration, everybody's looking at you. Not that anybody's criticising, but, you know, you feel a little pressure, a little performance anxiety. Oh, Rooney, he's just flubbered himself all over the face. I'm not wiping that off. Uh, it's walking over the old damn road here, put Rooney on the leash. It's only a quarter of a mile, Rooney, and then we'll be off the leash again. So, uh, it took me a while, and uh, of course, you know, then I realised, yeah, I, I may have thought that it's fairly simple to cook the chicken, but I've also got to do the noodles. And you can't just do, you know, boiled noodles. What I have to do is, you know, soak them in hot water for, for a minute or two, and then you bung them in the frying pan with some nice, I'd put uh, mushrooms and... Um, you know, thinly sliced green peppers in there, so you got a couple more flavours. And uh, so I had to do that, of course you drizzle it with uh, soy sauce. And uh, then of course I had to um, wilt the iceberg lettuce. That's a simple thing, but you know, you've got to get another pan going, boiling water, and just you've got to uh, press the lettuce leaves into the boiling water only for like 30 seconds just to soften them but you don't want them to lose the crunch so i had to do that too and then you have to make your well i had already made in advance the uh, oyster sauce with oil it's like a two to one mix shake it all up and put it over the uh, lettuce leaves and honestly simplest thing but it's really delicious and it goes so well with a kind of a a, a chicken noodle dish because the chickens and the noodles are delicious but they're they're all the same texture soft 
and what you have with the lettuce is a contrast. So they, you know, the lettuce is a little crunchy. It's good. Anyway, it all went. You know, every bit of the chicken, all the noodles, uh, all the lettuce, it all went. Um, so, so much so that poor old Maya, she came back from uh, seeing one of her friends for dinner and there's nothing left. Oh, my baby. But uh, we, we rustled up, you know, a lot of the kind of entrees, they're not entrees, the, you know, the uh, starter things. So there's plenty of cheese and olives and <clears throat> all that sort of stuff. So she was happy, never complained. Um, and they see, this is what all chefs, you know, are, are seeking ultimately, is praise. <laughs> and it came from perhaps the most unexpected quarter. It came from George. Well, seven, oh God, I should have checked how old he was, but I think he's seven-year-old George, maybe. And uh, George's praise, come on, Rooney, was those were the best muscles I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, given that he's only seven, I don't know how many muscles he's had. But uh, I was very grateful for the, uh, for the feedback. So that was that. And then, uh, because everybody's not drinking, well, except for me, I've got the hand glass of wine I had. Anyway, I'm still you know, holding it together. And uh, Christina then says, would anybody like to play a game of sequence? <laughs> That's not what we normally do. Normally, can we have a coffee and a brandy, or not brandy, maybe a scotch or something, shoot the breeze? Till, you know, till we've all had enough, but... Um, so we did play sequence and uh, divided ourselves into teams. I was playing with Catherine and Jeremy, Christine was playing with uh, John and Claire, and I'm very happy to say that we won. Ooh, that is a tremendous cracking and splintering of grass. Now, I cannot see it, but I can certainly hear there's more than one deer rushing through the, uh, the long grass there. Can't see them, they're so good at concealing themselves. Rooney's extremely interested to go and explore. All right, off the leash. You go and see if you can find out what it was. So that went pretty well, I think, overall. It ended relatively early. <laughs> I think it was about nine o'clock. And uh, oh, I was actually amused that uh, Oliver, when we were playing board games, kept coming up to us and saying, this is boring. You should stop. God bless him. So we did eventually. After, after the first game, the only game, we all stopped. It was getting late for them anyway. So, you know, a relatively grown up uh, dinner party. And then, uh, as it was quite early, um, Maya suggested that we watch a, a movie. I was open to that, so was Christina. So we, uh, we flicked through Netflix for a while, and of course, that's always death because nobody can ever agree on what to watch. So I did take, decided to take a back seat on that and just let everybody else decide. And we ended up with Mamma Mia. You know, the, uh, the Meryl Streep 
version and uh, <coughs> excuse, excuse me <coughs> I, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen it before but I've never really been concentrating and I did concentrate <laughs> just said to Maya this morning it, it confounds me how they can pick a cast for a musical and almost all of them are completely tone deaf. <laughs> you know, especially that Pierce Brosnan. I mean, really, really, Pierce. What are you doing in a musical? You, you could, I mean, you couldn't hit a note. <laughs> Sorry to be so critical. But it's one of those movies, I realise this, so bad, it's good. Because <laughs> you, you, you kind of suspend your disbelief, as they say. And go with it. You just kind of say to yourself, what the hell? It's fun. Be beautiful background and lovely, upbeat kind of, uh, I don't know, setting and storyline. <clears throat> Extraordinary storyline, really, I mean. You know, this girl inviting three men, one of which she knows is her father, but she doesn't know which one, to her wedding. You know, unbeknownst to her mother, who's shocked when they all turn up. <laughs> you think about that, is that really wouldn't? <coughs> what a disaster that would be. <clears throat> but this is Storyland, so don't have to be realistic, do you? So that was fun evening you know Saturday night coming towards the end of January it was good lifted the spirits <clears throat> and uh, so now it's Sunday so Christina went off to uh, teach her fitness classes she has two on a Sunday morning so off she went very dutifully then she came back and said she wanted to <clears throat> record she also videos herself giving fitness classes because she's got about, I don't know, I think she's got about 60, 70 clients who sign up for a monthly fee to um, receive her, her videos, her fitness videos. I mean, she, it really, she is an amazing woman, my wife. <clears throat> you kind of take things for granted when you're you know, that close to it, you see it every day, but you think about it from a distance. And she started doing this pretty much as, as Covid hit, so she, you know, so as soon as the first lockdown happened, she started recording herself. <clears throat> Respect. Really good. So she's got quite a bit of income coming from that. And uh, so as I left just now, she was, you know, <laughs> kneeling down on the floor and prep, push up, doing push-ups and on those what, the music in front of the camera. So I decided to pull her around started doing a little bit of dancing in the background for her. <laughs> she just completely blanks me. She's like Rooney. Whenever I tell a joke to Rooney, he just looks at me like I'm a moron. <laughs> and Christina's the same. <laughs> so, there you go. <clears throat> Jokes. Well, yeah. You see, the thing is, the internet, now you can't really, there's no such thing as a a joke that somebody hasn't heard but okay I will tell you one I, I most of my friends have heard it but <clears throat> as no one's listening I'll, I'll venture into a little joke 
Okay, there's this old gentleman sitting on a bench opposite the White House. And uh, he's looking at the White House and he, he crosses Pennsylvania Avenue and he goes up to the Marine who's on guard duty. And uh, he says, I want to speak to President Trump. And the Marine says, oh, I'm sorry, sir. President Trump isn't president anymore. He, he doesn't live in the White House. And uh, the old man walks off. Then <clears throat> the next day, the same old man, you know, same time, comes up to the same Marine who's at guard in the same position outside the White House. He says, I want to speak to Donald Trump. And the Marine says, sir, I told you yesterday, Donald Trump isn't president anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't live in the White House. And the old man walks off. And then the third day, the old man's there again. Same thing. I want to speak to Donald Trump. <clears throat> and the Marine says, Sir, I told you two times already. He said, Donald Trump is not president anymore. He doesn't live in the White House. Don't you understand? And the old man says, Oh, I understand all right. He said, I just like hearing it. And the Marine says, See you tomorrow, sir. I like that one. Sorry for all you Trump fans, but you know, you gotta see the funny side of things. Oh, we've come all the way down. There's one or two people behind me. I'm going at a good old clip because I don't want them to bump into us. Oh, they're already down at the beach now. Or, or the, the road that uh, runs alongside the beach. We'll get to the beach in a minute. This could be the last walk we go on before um, the big storm comes. I'm uh, a little, little full of trepidation about that one. These storms, they require, even the short little driveway that we've got at this new rental we're in, it will, it, it, last time we had a storm a few weeks ago, it took me a good three hours to clear it. I haven't got the snowblower anymore. I gave that to our neighbour, John Checho, when we left the old house. I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm not going to need a snowblower in that little place that we're going to. Here, Rooney, come here. Rooney, this way. Can you stop for a second, Rooney? Ah, here we go. Leash on that. We're going that way. We don't go that way. We never go that way, Rooney. Rooney, you've been stubborn. Rooney. Can we go the normal way? Thank you. Here he comes. Yeah, I gave the uh, snowblower. What did he give it? I've intended to give it, but he wanted to give me money for it. He gave me a hundred bucks. <clears throat> he pressed it into my hand. So I accepted it. <laughs> I was looking at a snowblower in Home Depot. I've referred to Home Depot a few times in these Stutz casts, so you probably gave the sense that I spend a bit of time in there. I do. Anyway, look at the price of the snowblower. about the same. Mine was a 28 inch, if that means anything. And uh, about $900, damn it. So uh, <clears throat> I won't be buying another. I'll be using my 
shovel. Bit of muscle power. Don't do me any harm. But yeah, I hope, I hope we don't get nine inches because, God, that's going to take some shoveling. We'll see. We will see. But uh, it's been a relatively, you know, snow-free winter. We've only had one snow snowfall so far. That was that was, you know, decent size. I think we probably had about five six inches. <clears throat> so we'll see what tomorrow brings. You do get that kind of sort of blitz sense of let's hunker down. <laughs> Batten down the hatches, light the fire, bring it on. Have to get a good stew or something on that hob. But, uh, they're, they're much trumpeted, these storms. You know, you hear about them three or four days in advance, and so the shelves all get emptied in the supermarkets. Well, that's been happening for the last 12 months. You couldn't, you couldn't buy a roll of lavatory paper for about six months. Or you could buy them in ones. <laughs> These are the things that we'll look back on the COVID and sort of say, do you remember? And you had to, and, and of course, what the manufacturers of lav lavatory paper t did, took advantage of the situation. Instead of well, making their expensive <clears throat> duvet soft as they sort of you know, market them and all that nonsense, <clears throat> instead of getting the good stuff, they just sort of scale back to their most basic and uh, charge maximum price. They must have been laughing. I bet all the executives of, you know, the companies that make those things, I bet they weren't using that paper. I bet they were dug into the warehouse and thought, well, take some of these back to the wife. <clears throat> but, uh, well, that seems to have eased off now, and I think, uh, pe well, people have s stopped doing all the panic buying. <clears throat> first time I, I was in the supermarket, you know, before the first lockdown sort of kicked in, and I was, I was behind this lady, that's where we lived in Westport, and uh, I was behind this lady who had a, a, you know, big trolley, and uh, I was trying to get a, you know, a box of pasta. And she went to the pasta shelf and she literally scooped with the crook of her arm every box of pasta that was on the shelf into her trolley. <laughs> you know, it is astounding what people think is going to happen. Well, I guess people didn't know, but what about everybody else? You know, a bit of a, I'm all right, Jack. Roll the ladder up. I'm safe. <clears throat> Well, all, all that, you know, there was lots of that going on. You know, people were panicked buying. <laughs> and uh, supermarkets, oh, we're going to get blocked up. Good grief, hello. Hello. That Rooney, no, just, just. <laughs> A little tiny poodle just charged out at us. <laughs> Rooney's about 10 times his body weight. He looked at it as if to say, hello. Who are you barking at? Uh, it always amuses me, these little dogs fearless. They have to be. Uh, so, 
we're just about uh, at the beach. Let these ladies go first. Yeah. This is called Bowman's Way. I've never noticed that sign before. Bowman's Way. It sounds very uh, Robinson Crusoe, doesn't it? Bowman's Way. That's the path that you know cuts in between the houses down to the to the beach. Come on, Rony, we're going on Bowman's Way. There's two ladies ahead of me, so I just paused, stood still for a minute. Oh, now they've stopped. So we're coming up in between the massive mansion that very rarely has any, anybody in it. Oh. Come on, Rune's not there. Not there. Hello. Do you let your dog swim in this water? Well, I would, I, I would if you wanted to. He's, he's a bit of a scaredy cat. And <laughs> no, no, they're not, not allowed to in the summer, but uh, this time of year, he's a big softy. <laughs> you got dogs? Uh, oh, no jumping. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you heard that. Nice, friendly people. I think they're probably considering buying around here. They're asking about what you can and can't do with dogs. You are allowed. Well, Roots. Leash off, off you go. You were allowed to have your dog off the leash on the sand in the winter. Um, because there's maybe sunbathing and stuff on the beach, obviously, this time of year. There's the lunatics. Um, so they're not bothering anybody. So they relax the regulations in the winter. And uh, I think between. Um, I always get these days wrong. Labour Day and Memorial Day, uh, which are the two sort of holidays that, you know, that signify the beginning and the end of summer. Uh, you're not allowed to have your dog off the leash. I, I don't think you're even allowed the dog on a leash on, on the beach. You're just not allowed dogs on, on the beach at all. But after Memorial Day, you can. So, and that's about October the 1st or something. No, it can't be that late, can it? I'll have a look at the sign when we get there and tell you more accurately. I'm, I'm getting terribly inaccurate. Need to sharpen up. <clears throat> so can you hear the waves? It's really quite calm down here today. I'm looking out. The, 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 there's really almost no waves. These, these are like six inch waves, something like that. I told you before, it tends to be usually calm down here. I have seen three three footers. That's uncomfortable if you're out in the boat. But that's about as bad as it gets. Uh, it's 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 just so relaxing to hear the sound of the sea. Something about it. Something about the sea. Something about the water draws draws you towards it. it must be because we used to eat fish or something. But yeah, there's something heroic about the sea. There's the sort of promise of travel, 
exploration, seeing far off distant lands and discovery. <clears throat> Not that we'll be doing that, but still, it's there. You can see across. It must have been before, you know, the age of ferries and access, or easy access to, you know, the other side. People must have looked across and, uh, you know, wondered who lives on the other side. They wouldn't really know, would they? I think in the Great Gatsby, <clears throat> the, um, the, the, the setting is, for the mansion that uh, he lives in, is on the other side, it's on Long Island. But, uh, but I think there's a, there's a sort of connection between that side and this side, I forget what it is. In fact, one of the um, one of the mansions on this side is supposed to be uh, where he wrote it. Probably is. <sighs> so, not much of a walk on the beach because this little beach is, is small. <clears throat> this is our closest beach. I could walk all the way, you know, to the to the kind of bluff point at the end but there's somebody up there so I'll let them have their privacy <clears throat> we'll just move out here runes he's in a good mood today aren't you Rooney I think he thought he was probably not going to get his walk today but no we have to take him I'm just looking at his coat I'm gonna have to give you a brush runes you yeah? shedding are you shedding or is that is that just well, I don't know what it is but give you a brush Ugh, messy boy. It's very quiet. Now, I'll have a look at this sign here. I'm sure you're interested. And tell you the rules. It says, no domestic animals from April 1st to October the 1st. I was right, it is October the 1st. No domestic animals. Wow. Can't do anything. <laughs> There's a lot of red circles with red lines through them. These are the things that you cannot do on the beach. They're pretty strict in America. These are the things you can't do on the beach. No alcohol, no smoking, no vaping, no domestic animals, no glass containers, no tents. Children under 12 years of age and under the and underage must be supervised by a person at least 16 years of age. Wow. I never really read those things. <clears throat> Runes, leash time again. Really? Leash time. Sorry, but we have to. If Rooney, you're deliberately disobeying my orders. Come here. This way. But you can't even go around that way. He's trying to go around the back of the car. Come on. This way. Back on the old trusty South Pine Creek. They can see in the distance there's a jogger. They're hardy, these joggers. They go out in all temperatures. <clears throat> but apart from that, no traffic, no nothing. 
nothing, nothing really. I mean, it's it's like the place has been evacuated. So I don't know if there's anything of any particular interest to report. So we'll just pause and uh, take a little break. Come back after the break, shall we, Roo? Okay, well, we're going to turn up now into the old dam road, walk alongside the uh, golf course and uh, head home. It's been a very enjoyable walk, if chilly, but uh, not really too bad if you, you keep the pace up and uh, keep your gloves and hat on, be all right. <clears throat> I realised that uh, when I was talking about the Great Gatsby then, I was assuming, I shouldn't assume, I was assuming that everybody knows who wrote the Great Gatsby. Of course it was Scott F. Fitzgerald and uh, it's, uh, you know, he, he's one of the, uh, this is quite a kind of artsy-fartsy part of the world around here and uh, he did live around here. Fitzgerald. There's a uh, mansion, oh, there's another golf course down in Westport. That's a proper 18 uh, hole golf course. And there's a really beautiful uh, waterfront uh, hotel and restaurant. I think now the restaurant is probably closed down because of COVID, but uh, it was called The Pearl. It changed hands a couple of times since we've lived here. But uh, it's um it's it's quite you know arresting when you go there you, know, you look at the beautiful lawns they've got that uh, that sort of go down to the waterfront it's an ideal setting for a wedding I mean, there's many weddings uh, there you know i think most saturdays they're they're booked <laughs> actually that reminds me yesterday i was driving back, no it, was, it must have been Friday, I was driving back, I told you on the, I think it was the last episode, about my uh, drinking bourbon shots at four o'clock in the afternoon with JR. Well, I was driving back from that, I hesitate to say, and he had the one shot, so yes, driving and drinking, not a good combo, but it was just one shot. And uh, I was going through Southport, because it's a very scenic route back between Westport and uh, Fairfield and uh, boy the houses in Southport I mean all the houses in this area are uh, gorgeous but uh, Southport is outstanding for uh, for houses I mean the super rich live around there and uh, have you ever heard of Anne Hathaway can you put a face to her she's a sort of youngish pretty dark-haired actress she's got one down there not sure which one it is but you know people drive around there and point out oh that house is you know so-and-so's and that house is so-and-so's <laughs> Bradley Cooper uh, 
was, was reputed, I don't think it really happened, but was reputed to have rented a house uh, in that area. And, uh, you know, it's amazing the impact of stardom because the, a ripple of kind of gossip went, went all around the area that Bradley Cooper has uh, rented in uh, Southport. And then, of course, <laughs> rumours gained momentum. And then um, there were reported sightings of Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, and who was the third one? Um, some other megastar. Um, who was it? Anyway, these three were reported to have been seen in Geronimo, which is a uh, sort of like a Mexican bar where Maya was actually on Friday night. And uh, of course, that's good for business for Geronimo. Everybody floods in after the fact. I mean, it's unlikely they're going to go there every night, isn't it? But, uh, the, you know, people were kind of hunting around. And, and then um, there's another uh, place called Bar Taco in Westport where uh, they're supposed to have all, all gone, the three of them. I wish I could remember who the third one was. <clears throat> but uh, I have a feeling this is just phantom appearances. I don't think they were ever around. But uh, probably, you know, the restaurant owners of the area thought, oh God, we've got, to, we've got to spike some business somehow. Let's make it up. Perhaps the skeptic in me, perhaps they really were. Perhaps, perhaps Bradley really is, you know, renting one of those houses. But I stray from the point, as usual. The point I was uh, making was, I was driving through Southport, and bear in mind, we are going through one of the coldest snaps in the last probably five or six years. It's, it's, it's really intolerably cold, even if you're wrapped up, you know, with your woolies and your gloves and your thermals and God knows what, it, it is intolerably cold. Well, I was driving through Southport along the waterfront, and it, they're, they're all these, you know, absolutely picturesque, idyllic views. You know, probably ideal for a, for a wedding setting. Not many people getting married these days because you can't have a crowd, but <laughs> this poor girl, she's obviously a bridesmaid. I don't, she couldn't be in the bride because her dress was like a satin pink. And uh, so she was being ushered outside. Obviously they're assembling for a wedding photograph outside on the waterfront. In, in nothing more than just a satin bridesmaid's dress. Excuse me one second, my phone is ringing. Bear with me. Who is it? Oh, it's my wife. One second, let me answer that. Uh, one second, Mama. I've got to get my microphone. Sorry about the interlude there. That was Mrs. Stuttard checking up on where I am. She's obviously finished her video. She said, Janice, uh, <laughs> Janice and Philip Burns, they're probably, you know, two of our greatest friends over here. Janice is asking, are we coming over for a drink? Now, having sort of pulled out of a drink at the Corleys, because I'm coughing and splattering, I don't want to be spreading anything. Uh, I thought that wouldn't be a good idea. So I said, uh, no, no, we're not going over there. And she said, well, I think we will. You can tell who wears the trousers, can't you? So, 
as I always say, I wear the trousers in this relationship just as soon as I finished ironing them. Uh, anyway, I'm wrapping up really. Rambling too much today, sorry about that. Because there's no real wildlife to tell you about. But uh, yeah, I just to sort of finish up. Yeah, I, I was sort of made the point really, but this poor girl, I, it was just one as well. It wasn't like the five bridesmaids and the, and the bride. It was just this one bridesmaid dressed in a pink satin dress, being kind of escorted with no coat. I mean, I thought there was a guy with her, but he didn't like have a coat over her shoulders or anything shoulders like that. He was just pushing her across the street to the waterfront. And the poor girl looked like, oh, now there's two hawks. Good. I knew we'd see something. They're circling me. Watch out, Runes. They look hungry. Two hawks. Must be a husband and wife team. They've got white bellies, flecked brown. They've got the, uh, the fingers. I love the way they fly. Hello. That's the way they fly. They just kind of like sort of flex their the fingers at the end of their wings and the occasional flap. Ah, oh, he's just stopping in a branch. Where's his where's his partner gone? Don't know. Oh, you can hear the call. Can you hear that? That's a, that's a hawk call. I don't know if you can hear it. It's like a piercing shriek, single shriek. So you see, this is a nature program. <laughs> That's the idea. Rooney and I go out and we tell you about nature. Nearly had a completely nature-free nature programme there. Ah, uh, well, actually, see? Persistence and patience pays off. I'm gonna let Rooney go here. Rooney, your coat's a mess. Why are you all sort of like, it looks like you've got salt. A bit sweaty, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the water across the big bridge and there's a pastoral scene in front of me. It's interesting how these buffle heads mix effortlessly in with the uh, ducks. Oh, three ducks all just dived at the same time. And there's, there's two buffle heads with them. So there's five of them together. So three, ah, and they're coming back up again. Two of them have come back up. Where's the third one? Oh, there he is, popped up. So there's five of them swimming together. Three buffle heads, two ducks. Yeah, they don't seem to be perturbed by the cold. And then there's, uh, in the sort of further distance, there's, there's plenty of them. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it's stick time. <laughs> Rooney. It's, it's all right, he just, he just plays. Rooney, Rooney, leave that stick. Not yours. <laughs> Come on, Ruth. <laughs> Didn't have an incident there. There's a golden retriever carrying a stick. Stick to Rooney is like fun time. He thinks it's, you know, it's like tag. So somehow, I don't know how he did it, but he got the stick off the golden retriever and was running off with it. And then he's holding it in his mouth, the golden retriever came up to him wanting a stick back and Rooney gave a deep growl. But I know that means nothing. But the two ladies got a bit got a bit spooked by it. 
I suppose you do look a bit scary, really. You know, to the uninitiated, you you could, you could be a vicious dog. No, here's another one. <laughs> it's playtime. <laughs> Just have a quick sniff and say hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. He looks like he might be young. He's very young. Oh, cute. <laughs> he's about six years old, but he behaves like a seven-month-old. <laughs> no. Don't worry about the noise. It means nothing. Rooney, <laughs> don't growl. <laughs> Come on, Runes. Wrong way, Rooney. <laughs> This way. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving you, Runes. <laughs> Here he comes. Oh, no, he's got a stick. You want me to throw that for you? <laughs> he's in exceptionally good mood today, aren't you, Runes? Don't. Oh, God. What he does is these sticks are all rotten. <laughs> he grabs them, picks them up, and then bites them in half. Once he got... A, a sort of like a shard of the stick stuck between his his teeth on either side of his jaw on, on his upper jaw he couldn't get it out I panicked I thought he'd swallowed something I managed to just hook it out of his mouth he is running around like a puppy at the moment not you ruins he's having a good time so yeah I told you I was wrapping up and I've droned on I think I should wrap it up now. Well, at least we did see some wildlife. We saw a couple of hawks and uh, some, some ducks and some buffle heads. You'll have to look up what they look like, the buffle heads, but they're, they're nice looking waterfowl. They've got a smooth, sleek, shiny, uh, bluish black colouring with white on their heads. This really tells you around. <laughs> that uh, retriever's given him the idea. It's time to throw a stick. Anyway, <clears throat> I want to thank you again for listening and uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye. <laughs>